Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaim Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey guys, welcome back to the show, or if you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. It has been a doozy of a week, so I hope that you guys are taking care of yourselves, making sure you are getting ample sleep, drinking your water. I know I come on here like auntie, like the resident auntie, um, and try to make sure that y'all are doing well but for real when I say I hope you're doing well being well living well and staying well like I mean that like, because the world is uh is is a dumpster fire uh, uh, uh just a a cesspool of crazy um and I sometimes I get a little overwhelmed and I know if I'm getting overwhelmed then you guys are too um so I really do hope that you guys are taking good care of yourself me, you know, y'all seen my journeys over here. Um, I have dove headfirst into um, a partnership that I have uh, with Sabbatical Beauty. If you guys are unfamiliar with Sabbatical Beauty, they are a small batch, uh, woman-owned, uh, POC-owned skincare company that I really, really love. Um, like just beautiful, beautiful products. Just oh my god. I can't talk about it enough. Like I said, I'm, I have a partnership. And so um, I want to make sure I disclose that before I talk about them. Um, but in honesty, like I wouldn't partner with anyone who I didn't think was good. Um, but the fact remains that these people like have created some of the most luxurious and effective skincare that I've I've used. Um, not to have an ad in here cause this is not an ad. I promise you, this is more of a testimonial. My skin after I gave birth to y'all's niece was so confused. Didn't know up from down. Um, some of the pictures that you guys see, like there's a reason why I don't put filters on my, um, on my pictures, uh, especially like close-ups of my face. And that is why, um, like I'd never had sensitive skin before giving birth to this kid. I never struggled with, you know, the way I struggle with like products now. Like if I use certain things, like I'll have an instant reaction. I'm like, that never happened before. Um, so I say all that to say that like sabbatical beauties products, specifically that donkey cream girl and the winter is coming balm girl I, I I've always been a dry girl that has been a normal thing I have always had dry skin always always but the sensitivity and stuff like that that's really been bumming me out um <laughs> just to say the least and you know you slather some of that stuff on and it's just I feel all dewy and glowy and just uh I love it um so that wasn't, like I said, that's not an ad. That was a testimonial. But if you guys are interested um, in purchasing some of their products, they actually have a line right now out called the Beauty is Political line. And when I tell you that it's a spa treatment and just three products, like just literally three products, three, but they're, they're luxury products, but there's like just three. Um, it takes you there. Like I cannot wait till tomorrow, like, at the time of this recording, I'm recording this on Thursday. Y'all know Friday nights are usually my time to just, just love on me. And so part of that has been like, you know, skincare, 
that it's just that's just the way I I do it. Who, who however you self care and self love, that's your business. Part of my business is making sure that my skin is is right. And so, yeah, if you guys are interested, use code reclaimed. Um, you can get ten percent off your order. Um, let let the folks know I sent you. Um, I adore them. I really really do. They don't know that I'm doing this. So hey y'all. <laughs> uh, but yes, I. I, I feel like I'm getting back to myself. Maybe that's another podcast for another day where I talk about like how I'm getting back to myself after this damn pandemic, after the, all the insanity, um, after giving birth, after getting married, like we had a lot of life happen in just a few short years. Um, and I didn't, I, I, you know, I wasn't really back to myself but I'm, I feel like I'm getting there. Um, not that I've missed anything, not that I've like lost anything, but you know, when those type of things happen to you, you try to find who you are, your identity in all of these life happenings happening. Um, and you, you know, don't say, stay the same either. Like the person that I was in 2019 is not the person that I am now. Um, you know, Refinery29 used to have this saying called strong opinions loosely held. I, it was a show, um, but I love that phrase, strong opinion, strong opinions loosely held. And, you know, a lot of the strong opinions I had in 2019 are gone now in 2023. Uh, for example, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I used to be one of those people who used to get annoyed at babies for crying on planes. I have yet to take my child on a plane. But when I tell you I empathize completely now, um, you know, because of the pandemic, there has, you know, we've been isolated and insulated in our own way. Um, so I have a lot of the problems that moms have touted for years are not the problems that I have faced, you know, with, you know, walking around with a baby, having people hold the door when you have a stroller, um, all that stuff like that. Like that's, that wasn't, that's not my experience. Uh, but still as an observer I can completely empathize now especially that door thing they used to frustrate the hell out of me I'm like you see this person with a stroller hold the door um that's always been a thing with me but the crying kids on um transportation specifically planes and things like that but I was never the type to like fuss and scream at people um or to record it and make it like a point to like share like what are these parents doing and how dare they that's also never been my thing either um you know what i do like any other adult with common sense i either put in some earbuds or some earplugs and mind my own business you know like nobody likes a baby crying but you know who hates it the most the mother did you know that there is a physical response that happens in most mothers when their infant is crying. Yeah, I found that out. <laughs> and it still persists to this day. I don't have an infant. I have a full on functioning adult that's just small <laughs> in my house. <laughs> but when I tell you, even to this day, and my child, I don't know what angel came down on earth and decided to wrap themselves into a tiny person and become my baby my kid is very like even keel even easy tempered easygoing kid like she's very sweet very affectionate very easygoing but when she gets in her moods if she gets in her modes 
she's she she becomes like her mother <laughs> she becomes like her mother i take full responsibility for the the tiny hulk that emerges because i too I, relatable relatable content ma'am so i I'm very frustrated because on social, this is my rant before we start the show. On social, I saw this video of this black man um, and his partner. They're sitting and, you know, it looks like they're they're in flight. Like they're not like landed anywhere. Um, but this man is berating this this family where the baby is the baby's crying, you know, and babies cry for myriads of reasons because that's their only motive. That's the only way they can communicate. That's the only way they communicate. Um, but this man is berating this family for this baby crying. And I'm like, babies cry, dude. <laughs> babies cry. Like, that's what they do. Especially if they're panicking or they're in pain. And I didn't realize it until recently after doing some reading and research that did you know that babies ears like they don't know that their ears are popping when they go like up in a plane and they could be in some pain or discomfort. How do they express that they're in pain and discomfort? They cry. Their parents do their best to soothe their babies. Their parents do their best to calm their babies. Um, and the worst thing you could do is exacerbate that that tension by screaming at the parents. But there's this video going around. And I'm going to admit, it's funny. The man is funny. What, what he's saying is funny. Um, it's funny because it's ridiculous. Like you are a adult who should have, have learned how to regulate your emotions. Yes, a crying baby makes everyone uncomfortable. Absolutely. You know what makes people even more uncomfortable? A screaming man on a plane. And so that got under my skin something terrible because it's not like you have a six or seven year old, even if you did. Like it's different when you have a six or seven year old who is just throwing a temper tantrum, knocking over trays, running up and down the aisle, smacking people in the face. That is something completely different than a literal infant who is crying because they could or could not be in some discomfort or they could be scared. They could not know what's going on. Why are we stuck in these seats? <coughs> you think that's really comfortable for the parents? You think the parents are just sitting there ignoring their child? They've probably thought of everything that they could possibly do in that circumstance, have brought along all of the things that they need, have tried each and every one of those things, um, did their Googles before they got on this plan to try to figure out, you know, the best techniques to make your kid either sleep or whatever. You know, they brought the snacks, they brought the bottles, they brought the binkies, they brought the pacifiers, they brought the headphones, they brought all that stuff. They probably tried all those things, all those methods. They've bounced the baby, they've sung to their baby, they've rocked their baby. They've tried to do everything they possibly could and this baby won't stop crying. Don't you think that you should ease up on them because they're already stressed enough? And I'm probably giving a lot of benefit to the doubt to the parents because they could have probably not known any of that and just decided to get on the plane. But whatever the case may be, you as an adult screaming at a baby on a plane who is doing what babies do whenever they, as their only means of communication is not helpful. So, and I keep seeing these videos. I've seen several videos of people um, on planes with crying babies and complaining about the baby crying. And I'm like, you know, who's probably like feeling the worst about this the baby you know who's probably next to that baby you know next to that baby and feeling the worst the parents 
Because not only do they have to deal with with their their child being in discomfort or scared um, and loudly expressing that they are uncomfortable or scared, but they also have to deal with your ass and your judgment. So what do you want them to do? Take the baby and put the baby in like the the overhead bin? Like, what do you want them to do in that circumstance? How would you solve this problem? Tell us. Because let me tell you something right now. And this this is uh, this is a fact. This is not a threat. I am not threatening anybody. But let me tell you this. If I'm on a plane with my infant and my infant starts crying because she's having she or he or they are having a difficult time while, you know, traveling and you as a grown ass man start screaming at me, guess who else is going to have a difficult time? Yo ass, because I refuse I refuse. You know how you get in that fight, flight, or fawn moment? That is a full-on fight for me. Because what you're not going to do is scream at me about my kid. That's the last thing you're going to do. So, I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I was very, very annoyed. I'm looking down and I see we, we've already gone 13 minutes talking about this story. But it really got under my skin. Um, let me Holla if you hear me. Let me know if I'm the only person who uh, would... Uh, square up on somebody screaming at me about their kid because like let me let me let me tell you something like the the thing that you could do to make that a more easeful situation is to shut your mouth is to stop your judgment is to put in your headphones is to figure out something else so yeah anywho that is a uh, it for whitney's uh rants and raves uh situation um let's you know what let's go ahead and get, start the show <laughs> By the way, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Life is good uh, for any for y'all who keep yelling at me. We want an update. We want a weekly update. I'm sorry. I don't have, there's nothing going on in my life. I'm very boring. Um, very, very happy about my boring. But anywho, um, before we dive into this week's show, let's talk about last week's show, which is called Deleted Tweets. Um, if you know, you know. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's the teaser. If you know, you know. Also, y'all, um, if you're unaware, I am on several other podcasts. Um, I am on Patty and the Millennials. I believe that's on iHeart, but it streams other in other networks. Um, so wherever you listen to your podcast, you you should be able to find Patty and the Millennials. But also, my friend Rita and I have started a podcast called The Problematic Podcast. It is very funny. It is the highlight of my week to record with Rita Richardson Rowe. Um, and I like we have really we have really, really like good conversations, but we're also really foolish and really funny and hilarious. We have a great time talking to each other and we talk about a lot of different issues, a lot of different topics. Um and so, yeah, it's called The Problematic Podcast. It should be streaming anywhere you're listening to your uh, your podcast. So, yeah, give that show a listen. We uh, give both those shows a listen. And let me know uh, let me know what you think. In the meantime, let's get into this week's show. Hit it, Earl. Let the people of the Reclaim say amen. Glad to be here, say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We glad that y'all here today, and these will be your church announcements. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into these church announcements. So, we've already talked about the Justins, Justin Pearson and Justin Jones being reinstated in Tennessee. 
Um, but according to the Associated Press, the reason why the Justins actually were removed from the, uh, from their, uh, from the house, the Tennessee house was because they were standing up with, you know, the children who said, Hey, we should be safe in our schools. We shouldn't keep, you shouldn't keep having these, uh, these shootings, these school shootings, essentially. Um, according to the Associated Press, in the wake of a deadly shooting last month, Republican lawmakers in Tennessee awarded final passage on Tuesday to a proposal that would further protect g- guns and ammunition dealers, manufacturers, and sellers against lawsuits. You heard that correctly. The state's, I'm sorry, the Senate's uh, 19 to 9 vote sends the bill to hold on one second y'all sorry sends the bill got a little happy with my scrolling finger sends the bill to republican governor bill lee despite pushback from democratic lawmakers saying that their gop counterparts are trying to shield gun companies just weeks after the nashville school shooting that killed six people including three nine-year-olds the final vote came as lee's administration was trying to still drum up enough support from lawmakers in his party to pass gun legislation to keep firearms away from people who could harm themselves or others the fate of that kind of measure remains uncertain Lawmakers are hurrying to finish a legislative session as soon as this week while receiving national scrutiny over the expulsion of the Justins. That's not what's included in the AP article. They said two young black lawmakers who are now reinstated. Um, But the Justins over a House floor gun control protest. (sighs) So rather than. (laughs) So the way government works is that what I thought was these representatives were supposed to be representing the people. And in, in fact, in actuality, they are, they are representing the people, which people though, that's remains to be seen because the Justins seem to be and their uh, counterparts, Gloria Johnson and the folks voting against this type of insanity, um, stood with the thousands. I believe it was like something like 3000 protesters showed up to the Tennessee house a few weeks ago. Um, demanding gun legislation and what do they do? They pass gun legislation all right, but it's to protect not them, not their children, but to protect gun and ammunition dealers, manufacturers and sellers against lawsuits. Um, <laughs> at this point, I don't know what else to say. Like these types of these types of moves, these types of actions just show what kind of people we're dealing with. So you saw, you witnessed, you watched three, no, you watched a a mass shooting happen at a Christian school where there was a security person, where the doors were secure, where they, where all of the alleged things were in the right place, except for that mysterious good guy with a gun that people keep saying a bad, a good guy with a gun beats a bad guy with a gun. Well, there was a good guy with a gun there. (laughs) And like, what are we even talking about here? They had all the right measures in place in that school and six people, including three children still died still died so what are we even talking about here and to make matters worse they're just going to protect the gun folks the ammunition folks the manufacturers the sellers 
from lawsuits, which would come from situations like this. So you make a move to protect those folks instead of your constituents. Vote them all out. These are people who don't have solutions for the problems. They literally are making things worse. Look at all the open carry states and I guarantee you will find that they have the highest rates of gun violence. It's just common sense. People who have open carry or open concealed carry or, you know, these laxed and lazy or lost, completely lost gun um, legislation, they have the highest gun rates. They have the highest gun violence rates. It just makes sense. More guns, more violence. It doesn't make you safer. It actually makes things worse. It's common sense. It's common sense. If people were poking each other with needles and we said, you know what we need? We need more needles to prevent people from getting poked with needles. If you have more needles out there, more people are going to get poked with needles. I just, if we say that there's a bee in the room and the bee, unlike all the other bees, can keep stinging people. And we say, you know what we need to fight that bee? More bees. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? I know these, these examples I'm giving are really childish and like ridiculous, but <laughs> that's the point. <clears throat> that is the complete point. That is the point to be completely ridiculous. You know what else is ridiculous? Getting shot for going to the wrong house. That was the, unfortunately the fate of one Ralph Yarl, who I just posted a picture of um, on my Twitter, uh, sitting next to Lee Merritt and is recovering beautifully. Apparently he's, you know, walking and talking. Obviously there's some trauma. Obviously, you know, there's going to be a road to recovery, but young Ralph is, is already a miracle like his survival is a miracle um and him being in the condition that he's in despite being shot in the head and the arm and then running to three different houses where no one would help um it wasn't until he ran to the final house and that person made him get down on the ground with his hands above his head and he passed out from bleeding and from being shot which i feel like those people we need to interview those people we need to know why those people didn't come to help like come to the aid of this person like <sighs> anyway young Ralph 16 years old goes to pick up his brothers from play date he was off by a street like he needed to go down another street um and you know went to the wrong house knocked on the door you know rung the doorbell and is is immediately immediately shot um Folks said there was no, there was, there wasn't even any conversation between him and the homeowner. I, you know, I should have looked up the name of the homeowner, but I'm going to be really, really honest. I don't care what that man's name is. Um, it's like, hold on, wait one second. Let's look this up together while we are here. Let's see. Oh, No. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I ran into an article about this man. Apparently, he was a he was a a QAnon conspiracy theorist, and he spouted he apparently spouted racist slurs. This is according to his own grandson, <laughs> Andrew Lester. <laughs> Andrew Lester, eighty four years old, um, who was described by his his grandson Clint Ludwig. Um, as a QAnon conspiracy theorist and a straight up racist, just, just wow. Wow. So 
it's not this situation is just not getting any better um <clears throat> folks want to talk about Andrew being um Andrew Lester being you know he's an elderly man maybe there's some dementia maybe this maybe that uh his great his his own grandson's like no he's he's a straight up racist and uh he was probably looking for an opportunity to shoot some black folks essentially essentially um wow 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 and that's according to the daily mail which i know we don't read the daily mail that was just the first thing that jumped up um but andrew lester yikes just yikes but like it happens all the time like people go to the wrong houses all the time people people this is something normal that people do it's a normal experience to to perhaps run into the wrong place you know um unfortunately unlike Ralph, who, like I said, is recovering and is, is doing well, is healing well. <sighs> the same cannot be true for one Kaylin Gillis, who, while driving in a car with four of her friends, was shot because she turned into the wrong driveway, the wrong driveway, as if going to the wrong driveway, turning into the wrong driveway should be a death sentence. These people... It- these things are writing out themselves and these are these are the things that people like me have been railing against including like people who do the research people who look at the numbers doctors who are tired of taking bullets out of people um these are the things that people are discussing that folks making innocent mistakes normal human mistakes how many of us have gone to the wrong address and we're like oops sorry didn't mean to, you know, yada, yada, yada. You know, she pulled into the wrong driveway. She was, she was in her car. She was in her vehicle and she just pulled into the wrong driveway. That's not, that shouldn't have been a death sentence. That shouldn't have been a death sentence. It's, it's disgusting. It's abysmal. And now a person's child is dead because y'all got gun happy. It's disgusting. Not only that, literally, I believe a day later, Two cheerleaders were shot for getting into the wrong car. Like, I, I, I think it was like a black S. They, they had a black SUV and like their friend had a black SUV. And so it's late at night. They're getting out of practice and they're cheerleaders, literal cheerleaders. And they happen to get into the wrong car. And one of them got shot. Peyton Washington. I think the, the other one was Grace, But Peyton Washington uh, was in critical condition after she was shot for simply getting into the wrong car. Like... And all this happened in the same week. Also, also, I believe actually later. Yep, here it is. A six-year-old girl's basketball happened to roll into a wrong yard. Literal wrong yard. And the man, I'm laughing to keep her from crying because I'm very frustrated. Six years old. The man shot her. The man shot her and her parents. This is according to Queen City News. This is... In, like I said, in North Carolina, little girl, busy playing, minding her own business, um, apparently was shot by a man because her basketball rolled into the wrong yard. Like, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? One of the parents is in critical condition. The other shooting victims were later taken to hospitals uh, for further treatment. The bullet apparently grazed a woman. Uh, but she says she wasn't like she wasn't injured. A fourth person was shot, but escaped um, escaped injuries. I don't know how that works, how you're shot, but escaped injuries. Um, Queen City News, you're going to have to expound upon that. 
Um, but yes, a six-year-old girl shot. She was released from the hospital after overnight stay. Um, and yeah, the man was upset that her basketball rolled into his yard. Little kids toys end up in other people's yards all the time it's not like she like was spray paint even if she was no you don't have to shoot people over that what is going on what is going on this is this is this is beyond insanity that four young people four five i'm sorry because that that the other cheerleader who was um who was grace five young people in a matter of days days literal days have been harmed or killed because of simple easy mistakes a ball rolls into someone's yard and the kid gets shot you know uh you know you you were pulling into the wrong driveway you didn't even give the people a chance to back out of the driveway turn around realize they were in the wrong place like no human engagement you just shot them a boy comes up to the door, politely knocks on the door um, to pick up his brothers. It happens to be the wrong address, but it that's a normal thing. Oops. <laughs> you know, no big deal. Uh, cheerleaders, it's late at night. They get into the wrong SUV. It's dark, black SUVs. Why are we shooting people? Why are we shooting people over these basic things? It does not make any sense. It is frustrating. It is disheartening. It is disgusting that we have gotten to this place in our country and there's not enough people who are mad about it. Not enough people who are mad who are doing it enough about it. Like, shout out to the representatives like the Justins who will get into some good trouble to protect our 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 folks and here's the thing that that really trips me out do do the the gun people realize that these people are that the people like the justins and the people like that are doing advocacy work do they realize that they're standing up for their kids too like your kids like you can you can disagree about guns all day long but your kids deserve to go to school without being shot your kids deserve to go to school without being harmed we shouldn't make our schools into prisons where there has to be armed guards at the doors all the time just so our kids can literally just go to school in peace? Is that really peace? Is it? I, I'm beside myself. I honestly don't, I don't even know what to say about it just because I don't, I don't know what else we can, we could possibly say. I, I simply don't. Um, it's tragic. It's disappointing. It makes me look at people like the Tennessee House, um, Republican lawmakers, who are making it easier for gun and ammunition companies and and dealers and, and gun dealers and things like that to not face suit, despite the fact that it's like the wild, wild west out here. There's bullets flying for the most ridiculous things, the most ridiculous things. And then on top of that, you have folks, this has to be a troll account. So I'm not going to mention the actual name of the account, but this account has tweeted some really vile things that keep getting popularized. And it's our fault. It's, I gotta be honest, guys, we really got to stop giving, giving retweets and answers to people who are clearly using dog whistles. A case in point, this particular account, which I will not mention the name, but this particular account listed all of the GoFundMes for Ralph Yarl, the young man who was going to pick up his brothers and was shot 
uh, Kaylin Gillis, who unfortunately lost her life for turning into the wrong driveway. Um, and Peyton Washington, the one who, um, was in critical condition, the cheerleader after she was, she was shot. Um, this particular account listed all three of their GoFundMes and said all three, all three were shot this week for going to the wrong property. Spot the difference, right? Ralph Yarl survived his, his ordeal, but barely, like barely survived, but also like he's going to have to recover for, for years. You know, there's going to be some, some recovery. There's going to be some medical bills. There's going to be some expenses behind that recovery if he's to fully recover. Right. Uh, but it also was the first story to happen. So I guess this person's point is that the, the Negro child, how dare the Negro child have more money than, um, what appears to be these two white, um, these two white young women, um, which, you know, I'm not sure about Peyton's, uh, Peyton's ethnicity, um, so not ethnicity, Peyton's race, um, but not that it matters. This person is trying to imply that these two pretty blondes, well, I don't even think they know that because Peyton is giving me, giving me, um, something else, but it doesn't matter. Um, not that none of this matters. Their races don't matter. That's the entire point. Their race does not matter. They were young people who were shot. They were young people who were shot making simple easy, normal mistakes that people make every single day and live to tell the tale, right? Um, <clears throat> and this person is trying to imply that how dare this Negro child have more money in their GoFundMe than Kaylin Gillis or Peyton Washington. Now, mind you, like I said, Ralph happened first, so there's been more time, but all of these stories have been shared. Like I've seen all these stories everywhere. Like I've seen the story about Kaylin Gillis. That's how I knew to include her in, 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 in this roundup. I've seen the story about Peyton Washington, but also like they've all, they all, they all happened in sequence. Like I don't under, I don't understand what the, what the issue is um, outside of the random racist dog whistles. So um, we got to stop perpetuating. We, I mean, we got to stop giving these, giving these accounts any credibility, um, by our retweets and things like that. And that that's me fussing at me. And that is me fussing at me because that is something uh, regularly, regularly that I do. Unfortunately, I see a, a tweet and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what is, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, why, why would you do this? Um, what else is going on? Did we talk about what's going on in Lano, Texas? So Lano, Texas is a small uh, rural county in um, obviously Texas. And they were recently ordered by a federal judge to return all their banned books to the shelves. You know, there's this whole process when you ban a book or you uh, challenge a book where it goes off the shelf and then there's a ruling or there's a hearing of some sort, yada, yada, yada. Essentially, there's a lot of time in which that book remains off the shelves and then people don't have access to that material. Um, and so rather than returning these books, you know, which are usually diverse and inclusive books, you know, books about being queer and books about being non-white, uh, books about disabilities, books about people in different faith systems. Um, rather than returning those books, they've decided to, uh, to vote on whether or not they were going to close their library's doors for good. But the folks of Lano said, not on my watch. They showed up 
and this is according to Texas Public Radio, y'all showed up and said, not my library. Um, so according to Texas Public Radio, after a contentious special meeting on Thursday, um, Lano, Lano County Judge Ron Cunningham announced that the county's library system will stay open. Quote, the library will, will remain open. We will try this in the courts, not through social media or through news, me, um, news media, Cunningham said. Commissioners considered whether or not they would shut down their library system rather than complying with the federal judge's order that they must return 17 banned books to the library shelves. These banned books include themes of LGBTQ identity and race, and they were removed last year without public input after the Lano County officials declared them pornographic and sexually explicit. Seven parents sued the county last year for removing access to books. On March 30th, Robert Pittman, a federal judge, ordered the 17 books to be returned to the shelves because officials have targeted them for ideas they contain. So, yes, shout out to everybody who is showing up. Um, I'm going to just keep saying it. If we want this democracy that we, we, we espouse that this nation was built upon, we are going to have to fight for it. We're going to have to fight tooth and nail. And it's not just for the, the president because the president can't fix situations like Lano. It, it comes down to your local representatives. It comes down to your local votes. Like you see this whole library system was getting ready to get shut down over 17 books that a handful of people didn't agree about. But folks like y'all showed up and showed out and made sure your voices were heard. That's important. That is really, really valuable. And we're, we're just going to have to fight. We are truly going to have to fight for the representation that we want to see. Let's end with some good news. Let's do Blacks in the Deep End. I know it's been a few episodes since we've done Blacks in the Deep End. Um, and for those who are new to the podcast, you may be wondering what Blacks in the Deep End even is. Blacks in the Deep End is a a session where I discuss all the good things happening in the black community or for black folks. Um, and the reason why we call it Blacks in the Deep End is because it's a play on swimming because folks seem to think that black people don't swim. Um, and once I was hanging out at a party and a bunch of black folks were in the deep end. We were all just like treading water, just hanging out, talking about stuff. And I was like, look at all these blacks in the deep end, just trying to be funny. But I was like, yo, that's kind of like it. Like folks think the most negative things about us. Um, I have a post going right now where I'm talking about disparities in publishing and the amount of times that folks not like us came onto my post and essentially said, Black people don't even write books or black people don't even read books. So what's the point of this? Um, like just openly just said that from their accounts, one actually from a Keller Williams realty account. And I was like, and I tagged them. I said, I don't think they would be too pleased with uh, one of their realtors talking, you know, like this to, to, to black folks. But um, anyway, folks don't th- seem to think that black people even do anything. And so I'm just like, all right, well, let me highlight some, of our accomplishments the good things that are happening in our community um and so yeah that's where blacks in the deep end came from for all of our new folks because there happens to be a lot of new listeners and i'm stoked happy to have you here um shout out to one jalen hurts he is the quarterback for the philadelphia eagles um like i've already told you guys i do not vibe with the nfl but i do 
want to shout out a bunch of its players, a bunch of quality men who are really changing the game for the community. Um, and it, many who are doing great things for the community. Um, but back to Jalen Hurts, 24 years old, quarterback of a team of, of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, that 38 to 35 uh, loss for my birds uh, still stings, still stings. But regardless, um, Jalen has uh, now made history uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles because he just signed a five-year, $255 million contract um, through the 2028 season. Uh, this contract was actually uh, negotiated by his agent, Nicole Lynn, uh, who previously made history as the first black woman to represent an NFL quarterback in the Super Bowl. Um, so they're just making history, the pair of them. Um, just making history uh shout out to Jalen shout out to Nicole that is just incredibly dope um I love to see you know I'm never gonna be angry well that's not true because <laughs> like I was gonna just say I'm like I'm never gonna be angry at black people getting their money but one Clarence Thomas has some explaining to do for the uh multiple trips he has managed to take um on someone's dime and didn't disclose um because when you work for certain folks you gotta just you got to disclose these types of things, you know? So, um, let's see what else we have going on. I'm reading from Because of Them We Can, by the way. If you are interested in hearing a lot about what's going on in the black community, specifically positive stories, Because of Them We Can, this is also not an ad. Um, because of Them We Can is a great resource. Um, and so, yeah, apparently, according to Because of Them We Can, Time Magazine has released its annual list of 100 most influential people highlighting people across the globe whose, quote, ideas, example, talent, and discoveries are transforming the world. Um, they're broken up into six different categories. Um, so Michael B. Jordan is on that list. Uh, Zoe Saldana is on that list. Simone Lee, which I am unfamiliar with so let's actually go down to her bio uh Simone Lee's artwork um apparently resonates really really well with people and I am disgusted that I am unfamiliar with Simone Lee apparently Venus Williams uh wrote the piece for Simone Lee for time um but yeah now I'm interested now I want to see Simone Lee's work because you know, your girl's low-key in art. She's an artsy person. Like, don't let don't let anyone else um, <laughs> know that. Suzanne Laurie Park, she's a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. Who else do you have on this list? I saw, y'all, I saw Angela Bassett. I saw Angela Bassett, and she was highlighted by Tina V. Turner. Tina Turner, y'all. <sighs> I'm... I'm beside myself. Um, Tina Turner has, uh, according to a recent interview, that she still has not seen the uh, the biopic that uh, that should have garnered Angela Bassett one of her first um, Academy Awards. But we'll talk about Angela Bassett and how she's constantly disrespected and robbed another day. But um, yeah, y'all, she still hasn't seen it, but she, uh, because, you know, there's a lot of trauma and, you know, when you've lived 
these situations, <laughs> when you've lived in these situations, uh, re-seeing your trauma played on the screen for everyone to see, it has to be an experience, it has to be an experience. Um, but yeah, she, she's, you know, since that, what was that? 1993, that biopic came out since then she has, you know, she's clearly heard about the biopic. She's clearly heard how good it is. No disrespect that she, you know, doesn't want to watch it. She's not trying to disrespect Angela at all, you know, but like I explained earlier, her reasons why, um, but she says, quote, thank that's your gift becoming your character with conviction, truth, dignity, and grace, even when it's painful and takes everything out of you and more. It's not just acting, it's being. Whether you're Tina Turner or the queen of Wakanda, we believe in you because you believe in yourself. You honor all the women you play just as you honored me. You're still perfect. Oh my gosh. Oh, my heart. Um, And you know, just to top the ice, the icing on the cake, the queen of the United States, Beyonce actually is included upon this list. And she has highlighted by one, honey, Dijon. I love it. Like, oh, Renaissance just means so much. And as a straight person watching the queer community, specifically the black queer community, just go up and live and see their icons and legends honored by their icons and legends. I live. Anyway, um, honey, Dijon wrote Beyonce wove a tapestry of music in Renaissance that celebrates all facets of black music, including the immense contribution from the black or oh, sorry of the black gay and queer community then she became the most decorated grammy winner beyonce's fearlessness talent beauty and artistry will continue to influence and inspire fe black female artists for millennia well said honey dijon well said um patrick mahomes is on this list gina prince blythewood is on this list for those who aren't familiar who gina prince blythewood we talked about her a few episodes ago um she was the the director for um the woman king um one she's also the director for love and basketball um uh sana lathan actually wrote that piece on gina prince blythewood um hakeem jeffries is on this list uh of course of course he is <laughs> uh, of course he is but the list is pretty long and pretty comprehensive i'm actually really proud oh sorry i was scrolling the list and i saw britney griner and i got really excited britney griner as um times top 100 people like oh my heart my heart i hope she's doing well i hope she's healing well Shout out to one Tracy D. Hall, the first black woman to lead the American Library Association. I did not know that. We're all learning this together. Tracy D. Hall, the first African-American woman to lead the African, uh, sorry, the American Library Association since its inception in 1876 has spent much of her professional life serving the public good. As a librarian, she has sought to have the greatest possible diversity of books for the greatest possible public readership. She has served and in and fought for public libraries, what Andrew Carnegie called the palaces for the people. With a great with the resurgence of censorship and the rise of politicized redacting of history and curricula, Hall and librarians across the country have had to battle valiantly for a reader's right to read, learn and grow practicing her belief that free people read freely 
Hall has led efforts against censorship to demonstrate her brave stewardship of the bulwark of democracy, our public library. And that's by Min Jin Lee. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. I can just, this list, go to Because of Them We Can, y'all. Just go to the Because of Them We Can and read up on that list because there's a lot of heroes on here. Um, people, folks whose names we should be calling, folks whose names we should know, um, people who we should be supporting in their work and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm thrilled about this. Uh, so congratulations to everyone who made that list. And that is this week's episode of the Reclaim podcast. See, I told you we're going to end on a, on a nice note. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your subscribes. It only takes a minute, maybe two minutes, maybe at most two minutes to leave a review on this here podcast. You could do it right now while you're listening to me. Head to wherever you're listening to this podcast, drop five stars and, you know, a few nice words to let the folks know, hey, this is, you know, what the podcast is. We love it. We enjoy it. Um, it matters to me, but more importantly, it matters to these platforms um, and how they promote and share these shows. So thank y'all so much for that. Um, shout out to my patrons. If you want to be part of the Patreon and get access to exclusive content, but also just, you know, keep this blog and this podcast and all of the work that I do on social. If you want to keep all that stuff going independently, you too can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Whitney Elise. That is patreon.com forward slash Whitney Elise. There's five different tiers. I appreciate any, any um, patron, any and every patron. Um, and I would just appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any announcements. Hmm. No, no announcements. But yeah, y'all enjoy um, the rest of your time, whatever you're doing. I hope, like I said, you're being well, living well and staying well. And as always, y'all, peace. <laughs>